horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right, welcome back to a special edition of Winning Ponies, the regular guy radio show. And why is it special? Because once again, the hallowed grounds of Keeneland Racecourse will open their gates and welcome the public in to some of the world's greatest racing. That's right. It's Fall Stars All-Stars weekend. Graded stakes races from Friday through Sunday. So much action. $22 million over the meat going to be given away in purses alone. We expect a record breaker, which means you can make big bets and you don't really change the odds. You do that at a smaller track, all of a sudden you see a 7-2 to become a 5-2. to two. Not at Keeneland with these pools and these fields. It's going to be fantastic. Now, what can I do to help you get some money in your pocket? How about pulling down our Easy Win form, sponsor of this show, uh, folks at Indy Today, Horseshoe Indianapolis. I hope you were playing earlier today. A 10 cent Super 5 it was race 8. You can look it up. We have it on our site. A Super 5 key returned. Thanks, Josh. $17,320. Now, it was a yeah, it didn't cost 10 cents. We had some horses that you had to put underneath. But for 17000 wasn't it worth it, folks? That and the price of the easy win form. And also today, earlier at Laurel, uh, we had a 50-cent pick five. It was the late pick five at Laurel that paid 2373 So it's all up on the website. Come on over to winningponies.com. You'll be able to listen to any rebroadcast of this show if you missed one or all of a sudden you see somebody on the guest list that you want to listen to but most importantly you go over and check out the results of the easy win forms and you can find out how easy it is to pull down and the different levels that you that you can participate in uh so uh, winningponies.com that's where you need to go and that's where you also need to go if for some reason, you're not listening to this live to pull down this edition with our two uh, Kentucky-based guests. The first one will be Amy Owens. Now, Amy usually makes an annual appearance about this time, or sometimes we call her for uh, the spring meet. But this is Fall Stars, All Stars. Uh, she's uh, tied in, locked down on that sensational uh, publicity press department uh, that Keeneland's put together for so many years. It's a great team of people, but they have to be because they are covering the horses from the time the sun comes up. Actually, most of them are there when it's dark in the morning uh, to well after the sun sets to get all the race results out. They do a fantastic job. Amy Owens is going to give us the inside scoop of what's happening on the back stretch and the front stretch. And don't forget, no, I want you to forget, forget COVID. 
But don't forget, the gates are open, folks. The public's welcome. You're going to see a slight new design. I saw one photo that kind of surprised me. Uh, we'll ask Amy about that. Now let's talk about uh, another Kentucky guy uh, that's going to help us out with our handicap, and that's right, the king of the cappers, the man who sleeps under the steeples in his hometown of Louisville, Kentucky, none other than the news editor, of the heralded blood horse, Byron King, to cover those races for us. And we'll go back uh, through those races a little bit later. Thanks again for joining us on the show. I look forward to them. Now, I'm going to try to get to some of the top news stories of the week and the race results. Um, I'm going to say her name wrong. Alphacista? Alphista? I hope you were up early Saturday morning. The Arc de Triomphe, of course, a heralded race in its own right. Uh, many would say it's the Europe's Kentucky Derby as far as attention to horse racing. Let me tell you, <laughs> they don't delay those races for anything. It had been pouring, and it poured, and it poured. And uh, this is a five-year-old male, mare, but she had won eight in a row coming into this race, and the trainer said she just seems to keep getting better and better. And the Arc de Triomphe for El Fista, and forgive me, I don't have the story in front of me, but she races in Europe. Look her name up. Uh, it, it was she. She waited. She waited. She waited. And I'm thinking, when are they going to go? And all of a sudden, you know, uh, when they show the races from over there, they show how many meters are left in the race. It's almost like watching a football field go down the lane. And she's sitting in fourth, and all of a sudden, the jock just let her go. It's like she was going, come on, man. All I do is win races. Let me go for number nine. And she dug in in that saggy quagmire and dug her way past the three horses in front of her. A horse came flying on the outside, but she had enough inertia to win the Arc de Triomphe. It was a great race. I hope you got a chance to see it. Rich Perloff did a great job on, uh, I guess it's FanDuel TV, uh, to, to introduce us to the race and to recap it uh but it was fantastic i hope you hope you got to, to watch it not since 1937 had a five-year-old mare won the arc de triomphe and how about here at home well last week the big race we talked about the lucas classic could rich strike take on his elders that was packed and stacked with grade one winners in the lucas classic well folks he fell a dirty nose short. The winner, hats off to Doug O'Neill and Hot Rod Charlie, who was beaten in the 2021 Kentucky Derby, but was passed in the stretch and then came back. Or did he? We're going to talk to Byron King about this. I saw a head-on picture after the race that almost looked like the broker's tip battle in the Kentucky Derby years ago. Sonny Leone had almost appeared at, at his elbow and was uh, kind of staying locked and loaded. Uh, but uh, it, 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 
as it turns out, it looks as though perhaps his saddle slept. Now, I didn't have a chance to ask Eric Reed about that, but Byron King, who watches these races very, very closely, thinks that perhaps that's what happened. So let's find out where he's getting his information. But nonetheless, a great ride by Tyler Gaffleone, who just kept on riding. In my opinion, it kind of looked like, you know, Rich Strike almost got the lead and said, good, race over. I passed all the horses. <laughs> uh, we'll see if he pulled himself up or in fact that uh, he started going into uh, neutral a little bit there because the saddle was slipping. So we're going to ask Byron about that. But nonetheless, uh, you know, Hot Rod Charlie, you know, just uh, it was his most courageous win since his three-year-old season when he, uh, you know, ran a game race in the Kentucky Derby, uh, ran second to essential quality in the Belmont, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, was just, uh, a solid, solid horse went over across seas and won millions over there. So hats off, uh, to Rod Charlie, but all I can say is we're going to get a chance to watch Rich Strike, uh, race as a four-year-old and i'm looking forward to it also looking forward to the uh breeders cup classic life is good that's right flight line he's out training they understand he is going to be coming to kentucky to train at keeneland before the race but it's life as good taking down the legendary Woodward Stakes, another son of into mischief. The track was sloppy, but uh, I read Ortiz it got the job done. So uh, the work is done for life is good. Uh, winning the Woodward looked like uh, he was going to get beat there, but came back and showed a lot of guts. Uh, so uh, we'll find out. Uh, at the Keeneland World Championships, life is good versus uh, flight line. Uh, but uh, what can we say? Uh, it's going to be one to watch for sure, but it was pretty impressive in its own right. Now, in addition to Rich Strike's race in the, in the Lucas Classic, uh, the race before that was the grade three ACK-ACK uh, that was just peppered with graded stuff stakes winner winners and from out of nowhere came the late closer senior buscador a four-year-old mine shaft who uh, had only raced three times this year and only once in 2021 so hats off to todd fincher who's obviously uh, stuck with this colt uh, for a long time and uh, recorded its fourth lifetime victory. The last one was at Remington Park in the Springboard Mile. Uh, out at Santa Anita, well, we said, uh, I said, I like the Baffert horse. So what can I say? He had half the field. And uh, <laughs> There was a horse in here that I thought he was using as the rabbit for country grammar, and that was Defunded. Well, Defunded kept going and going and going. Folks, you got 12 to 1 on a Bob Baffert trainee in the awesome, again, a race he's won numerous times. Uh, it's for three and up at a mile and eighth at Santa Anita. Uh, another grade one win. Uh, so uh, what can I say? Baffert's defunded gets in first, beats stablemate country grammar, and uh, Doug O'Neill uh, 
was slow down Annie first time against older horses there finished third in the awesome again but it is a Baffert exacta and we're going to be uh, you know of course looking down the road with the races that we're going to be examining uh, later in the show with fall stars all stars uh interesting to watch the claiborne breeders futurity because uh he most likely is going to run into a few horses that came out of the grade one champagne at aqueducts race at belmont <laughs> blazing sevens the other chad brown horse at eight to one rallied from last and got the job done it was the first grade one win for the sire good magic who i believe won the breeders futurity maybe amy the owens she can look that up during her commercial break and figure that out because i know i've got pictures of good magic winning at keeneland anyhow this was his sired the first grade one winners and chad brown was the trainer of good magic so look for blazing sevens to show up in a few weeks at keeneland and in the second spot was verifying a son of justify trained by brad cox and the favorite Gulfport had to settle for third all right that's a look at a lot of the the big races that happened last week it gave you a thumbnail sketch of our guest of course uh, up next we're going to get uh, the uh, inside scoop from none other than keeneland's amy owens i'm john engelhardt and you're listening to Winning Ponies. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show, Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me now, one of the 
Princesses of the Press Box at Keeneland. None other than Amy Owens. She's been a veteran of the racing game on so many levels. I knew her when she was just a little girl breaking into the <laughs> business. Amy, how are you? It's good to hear your voice. Well, uh, I'm doing well, John. It's uh, Thanks again for having me on. It's always a treat to be on your show. Uh, now, before we uh, go any further, will you go ahead and correct me in the race that I thought I saw Good Magic win in? Good Magic won the Toyota Bluegrass, uh, our, uh, the most famous race at Keeneland, and a big triple crown prep. So we're quite proud of that. All right. Well, I knew it was there. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure I was probably there for the Breeders' Futurity that day, but uh, uh, nonetheless, uh, I was there for the bluegrass and uh, was impressive. It was kind of cool that, you know, Chad Brown tra- trained the daddy and he has his, uh, you know, first uh, uh, grade one win uh, coming up in a big race. So that will be very interesting. Now, I'm going back through time. And I'm trying to hold, hold, hold on with me. Just, just, uh, uh, okay. It's all going to come to me. Okay. I first met you in 1987 at, <laughs> at Thistledown. And the name yeah. of the horse that won, he was a nice horse. We didn't hear much of him after that because I think he went to start overseas, was Lost Code. And as I recall, you and I and uh, somebody else in the press box went out with a jockey by the name of Jean St. Leon and, shall we say, imbibed a bit at the Holiday Inn Bar that evening. Oh, that's uh, a long time ago, but that was a lot of fun. I still remember <laughs> that and uh, had a good time. <laughs> and now, if you really think back to that... Senator Damon Thayer was a publicity assistant at Thistledown at the time. Yeah, we've all known Damon for a long, long time. (laughs) It's funny, you know, what goes around comes around. Well, he's a good guest, too, when he's on. I'm glad he's doing what he did. I remember asking him, you know, so, Damon, what, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? You know, I thought he might say fly fishing or I don't know something. He goes, oh, I I." like to study political speeches. <laughs> Here's a guy that's like 23 <laughs> years old. I'm like, you study political speeches? Well, obviously they work for him. But I digress because we are, uh, you know, coming up on the biggest drum roll in racing because you've got an unbelievable parlay this year. Normally, in, in about three and a half weeks, you and the press box crew get to take a collective deep breath and say, Phew, Man, that was a heck of a meet. And then get ready for your next sale. Now, you're barely going to take that deep breath, and you got to repackage the place and, and do everything different because you're going to be hosting the Breeders' Cup there. So that that really makes the races this weekend, I think, ever more important because so many of them are going to have the ability to have a prep over the same course they're going to run at in a, what, five and a half weeks. Um in Lexington. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a strategy uh, to place these horses in these big races. Plus, we already have a number of superstars headed for the Breeders' Cup, 
at Keeneland training every morning. Uh, Life is good. Uh, Jack Christopher, uh, of course, Hot Rod Charlie's been based at Keeneland. So uh, it's been really uh, phenomenal to see those horses plus all the superstars that Steve Asmussen trains, Epicenter and Clarier and Jackie's Warrior. I mean, it's a who's who of thoroughbred racing right now at Keeneland. It, it absolutely, and, and probably uh, from your words just now, will blossom a few Hall of Famers and uh, Breeders' Cup winners. Uh, I mean, the horses you just named were a litany of these, of this year's headliners, especially when you throw out names like Jackie's Warrior and Jack Chris, Christopher. We all know who who the, the other horses are you named, like Life is Good, but uh, Clarier. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you must look out on the track in the mornings if you get that chance, because I know you're really beating boots on the backstretch, getting all the quotes and inside information for us that you put out every morning. But, I mean, at any second, a grade one winner could go flying by your eyes. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. So <laughs> try to treasure those opportunities to see those great horses as often as I can. Well, you don't have to go too far. They're all there. Now, Will there be any physical differences from what I'm going to see tomorrow to what's going to happen on Breeders' Cup weekend, or do you already have the facilities in place? Well, the facilities are pretty much completed. Uh, The Saddling Paddock Chalet, which is uh, a tremendous uh, facility, just uh, the length of the paddock, that's been in place, and we used it uh, to uh, provide office space and dining for our September yearling sale. So fans at the fall meet can, uh, you know, look for seats in there as well as the loge boxes, those uh-huh. boxes, which are, they span the track apron Uh from the 16th pole to the finish line. So uh, both of those areas are being used uh, for the fall meet and are available to the public. Wow, that's good information, And I hear some tickets are available, uh, you know, definitely on a Wednesday and a Thursday. I think it's going to be your best shot. So, Yeah, and little protection at Keeneland this time of year can't hurt because you can get a stiff wind with those 40-degree uh, temperatures, and it, it it gets a bit chilly. So it's nice to have those options for the for the fans. I never thought about that since the facilities are, for the most part, in place. Why not use them during the regular meet? Obviously, they're all booked for the Breeders' Cup, uh, but that's a great idea. It also gives you and your staff a test run on making sure and everything's, uh, you know, greased and ready to work for the Breeders' Cup. Yeah, I mean, both of these uh, facilities were uh, in place in 2015 when we held our first Breeders' Cup. So, and of course, uh, we had the Breeders' Cup for the second time in 2020, but due to the pandemic and the crazy world, 
We were in at the time. We cannot allow fans at the track for Breeders' Cup. So this year, uh, we are hoping to be back to uh, full strength like we were in 2015. So that'll be exciting to have the place packed and ready to watch the best in thoroughbred racing. You know, Amy, I really have to give a tip of my cap uh, to the Breeders' Cup in that they understood what their race means to not only Keeneland, but to the Lexington community as a whole, because the, the next couple of weeks are, are going to be buzzing around there, which means full hotels, full restaurants. It's a huge economic impact. And of course, during the pandemic, <laughs> all those options were off the table. And I really think that it's neat that they made a very quick turning around, turnaround, at least if you look at Breeders' Cup history, on naming who the next host tracks will be on making sure that Keeneland was healed from that uh, that time of our, our you know lives shall I say I, I thought that was pretty cool of them to, to get you right back on the menu yeah we're we're honored to be able to show it off again and be bigger and better than ever so um, we're ready well now for uh for Joe Blow, who, who's coming to uh, to Keeneland, I always tell everybody if racing was a religion, Keeneland would be the Vatican. Um, mm-hmm. j- j- just you know, don't you? Obviously, you can't get into every option, especially the ones about special seating. But Joe Blow can drive in and and still have grandstand. I mean, general parking, and then he can pay grandstand admission to get in, right? Um. Everybody really needs to pre-purchase tickets online. Don't just drive up to Keeneland and expect to get in. Uh-huh. Um, we, yeah, so it's easy to do. Go to tickets.keeneland.com and look at your ticketing options. Uh, there. The cool thing is there's a 48-hour ticket return policy. So fans can check the website frequently to see if tickets have been turned in. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll accommodate as many people as we can. But pre-selling the tickets really helps with planning and ensuring that everyone has a superb experience experience, you know, that we uh, are able to offer the best uh, meals, the best service, and everything that we can do. So definitely now, look I, online and buy tickets ahead of time. Now, if for some reason I, 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 for, I forgot to, it was my first time there and I didn't realize that, there's still an option um, normally it's not nice to say, to have somebody say, Hey buddy, take a hike up the hill. But in that case at Keeneland, taking a hike up the hill could be a whole different racing experience. That's true. On Friday and Saturday, we offer a free tailgating area called the hill and it doesn't have trackside views. I mean, you can walk to the track, but there are big screen TVs, there's right. wagering, there's food, there's everything uh, to make your day up there just 
as good as it can be, and we are having tremendously nice weather. So being on the hill would be a great day to to spend on Fridays well, and Saturdays. Well, that that was that was I was looking at. I mean, it, there's going to be a chill in the air, but there's supposed to be. It's it's October. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it's going to be clear, and that's going to be nice. And as long as the sun's out, you know, all is well with the world. So I, I think it's going to be a really good weekend, which means, of course, uh, there shouldn't be uh, any problems uh, w- with your turf course. And again, as I stated at the, at the top of the segment, what an advantage for all the horses that are there, they're going to race there to have a trip over your different surfaces. Sure. I think... Uh... That has been proven to be beneficial in the past. So it should be again this year. Now, you always get, of course, with the, the top you know, trainers and, and, and horses on the grounds, you get the jockeys that go along with them. I know in the past you've usually set a day aside. I don't know if that's in the spring meet or the fall meet where people can actually meet the jocks and, and where they do a public signing. Will they be doing that again this meet? Uh, we are. Aha. But Please you know tell. what? I don't have the day. If you go to <laughs> Keelan.com. Oh, I'm so sorry. I probably read it in one no, of your releases. No, we definitely have it, but it's later in the meet, but I don't have the date right in front of me. Oh, I'm so <laughs> embarrassed, but it's uh, uh, later will, well, in the meet, and go to Keelan.com. I'll find it. Don't worry about it. I'm sure, I'm sure I got that information off one of your releases, so I know it's in there. That's why I was setting you up for the question. But it is kind of neat. Anyhow, they do it. They do it. Uh, uh, correct me anywhere I'm wrong around here because I've been there and shot it a few times. Um, the jacks them out. It, it's pre-race on a, on a big race day, which means you're probably going to get your Flavian Pratt, your Joel Rosario, Tyler Gaff, Leon, Florent Giroux, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, just, you know, the Ortiz brothers. Name, name the top 25 jockeys in the country and sometimes the world and they'll they'll be there and you know it it really it flows well if you didn't bring something to sign they usually have some posters or photos you can buy and just go right through the line you can meet every one of them personally get it signed it's really it's it's a great job uh that you do now i said at the top of the show i'm going to ask you a question that i i hope i'm wrong about but i only saw one photo of your paddock did they cut down that antique been there forever white birch heck no no the sycamore the sycamore sycamore is by the walking ring yes oh no it'll be there forever and ever i couldn't see it in the photo the photo was taken from you know like where your gift shop is and i guess they use must used a long lens and that they cropped it out of the the shot because i was thinking to myself oh, oh no my God. keelan goes to great lengths to keep that uh wonderful sycamore that's been there since the track opened so wow is that why they run the sycamore stakes that is why the sycamore stakes is named after the famous tree <laughs> how about that you find out something new every night <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, good. Well, I am so happy to hear that. But did they widen it, or did, did they cut back some of the hedges so that the whole thing is like? Um, they reconfigured the paddock and kind of changed some of the walkways, just to give it a more a safer experience, a better viewing experience. So, um, let me. Uh, Look, Jackie autograph signing is Friday, October 21st from 1130 to 1230. It's a fundraiser for the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund. All right. Give that date once again. Friday, October 21st. All right, folks, don't say I didn't tell you. Uh, It's a great experience. And there's nobody greater to tell us about what's happening at Keeneland than Amy Owens. And Amy, Lord willing in the river don't rise, I'll see you tomorrow. All right, I'll look forward to it. Are we out of time? I can give you info on the paddock. Well, you won't have to. I'll be right there. Give my own reporting if I need to. But it looks open and airy and like everything's going to flow as best as it can. Of course, Keeneland does everything the best that it can. And Amy, uh, again, I look forward to seeing you and the whole publicity staff up there. You guys are a great team. And all of us in the media, thank you so much. Well, thank you for your interest. And uh, uh, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. All right, and you will. Don't forget, folks, it's Fall Stars, All Stars, graded stakes uh, for the entire meet. But this weekend is when we're going to ferret out who belongs in the Breeders' Cup and who doesn't. And what man better to help us ferret that out than a man that sleeps by the shadows of the Twin Spires of Louisville, Kentucky. He's known as the King of Kentucky. And therefore, he is named Byron King. And of course, Byron King is the news editor of the Blood Horse. We're so lucky to get him. We tracked him through his Triple Crown, and now we're tracking him down to see who he likes in these Breeders' Cup preps at Keeneland. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to the news editor of the Blood Horse, none other than Byron King. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. 
John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right. Well, back with us again. He he was a common voice on these airwaves. Uh, previous to the Triple Crown, he did a great job with his Derby Dozen uh, editions leading up to the big race of horses that I never heard about ended up in the in the uh, in the Derby field. And uh, I've already introduced him a couple times. Uh, you know him as the news editor of the Blood Horse, none other and no stranger to the winning ponies. Byron King. Byron, how are you, my friend? I am great, John. I am great. I appreciate those kind words. You're you're as, as nice as you are uh, intelligent and smart. <laughs> uh, don't talk to any of my prior teachers about that, unless you're talking to them about horse racing. Uh, so, uh, Byron, uh, this is a going to be kind of interesting because you're you're located in that central kentucky area i mean right at your feet you know you don't have to worry about going to Gulfstream, going to del mar going to belmont you know right there it's like they're putting the gang to get back together you know with the the exception of flight line who i understand is going to be flying in to train at keeneland um you've got uh pretty much the cream of the crop minus a couple east coast and west coast horses that'll be here right on the grounds i mean amy named some of the ones she saw gallop by this morning jackie's warrior you know jack christopher life is good i mean uh they're packed and stacked there at keeneland aren't they they are and i think we'll see a lot of major breeders cup contenders still train at churchill downs as well just you know 60, 70 miles down the road. Um, many people uh, keep year-round, or not year-round, but from spring through fall bases at Churchill Downs, Brad Cox among them, for example. And so I think we'll see a lot of uh, workers there as well as those at Keeneland. But those that are want to get some early prep work, uh, Steve Asmussen um, is a, a trainer that likes to bring in his horses early before Breeders' Cup. He's done it out in California, and he's done it here again at Keeneland. You know, he's got Jackie's Warrior, as you mentioned. Clarier is also there at uh, Keeneland and some others. So, yeah, it's they got some star power here for sure. Kentucky racing already is pretty darn strong, but then you throw in the Breeders' Cup here November 4th and 5th, and it gets even better. Well, nothing got much better than the Lucas Classic this past weekend. I I was taking care of a small farm for some friends of mine, but thank God they had TVG. And so, or no, they had FanDuel television. Anyhow, uh, no, they didn't carry it. Uh, The Internet went out. Long story, I got to see the Hot Rod Charlie Rich Strike race. And as I watched the race, uh, I'm, I'm saying to myself, First of all, I was really excited. You know, I'm tight with the connections of Rich Strike, and it was so neat. We had Eric on the show last week uh, saying, well, you know, I'm going to go fight the big guys. You know, <laughs> we're leaving the school out for for the big ring now. And, uh, to, it, and I thought, did he think the race was over once his nose was in front and pull himself up? But as I read your article that came out, um, 
there may have been something else that had happened because, and before I let you go, I want to tell you, I saw this head-on shot that looked like the old broker's tip head-on of, you know, a jockey fighting down the Kentucky Derby throwing an elbow at Tyler Gaff Leon. But Byron King tells us a potential different scenario in his story in The Blood Horse. Byron, take it away. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if I mentioned all those various things, but but what what I, what was reported by me and what occurred in it is looked like quite a bit of race riding by Sonny Leon on on Rich Strike. He was trying to make his horse uh, come down toward Hot Rod Charlie, and he did. And he his elbows struck Hot Rod Charlie's jockey and perhaps the horse as well, and drifted in pretty noticeably. Now, he claimed later, and some people speculated that his saddle might have slipped. You know, the more replays and things that I have seen since then, most observers that have looked at the uh, replay seem to think that if his saddle slipped, it was because of his um, (laughs) left-leaning ways in the saddle down the stretch that might have caused that. But, um, of course, Sonny Leon got 15 days as a uh, suspension for this. Uh, there was no DQ that happened to it because the horse ran second. But that kind of aggressive riding is, is frowned upon by stewards, and understandably so, that they don't want to see an accident or a spill or somebody fall off. We saw a French jockey get two months for pushing a rider off a, of a horse over there in France. So those yeah. are considerations. And then of course, in the days following too, we've had um, the controversy from the photographs that would seem to show, or at least uh, some of the articles that have been written um, that perhaps hot rod Charlie was um, wearing a shoe that was not permitted. And that Ooh, was disputed by I- his trainer. Doug O'Neill, but um, so I we'll have to seen stay that. tuned on that. I will. I will. Uh, so you've got your ear to the ground at the Doug O'Neill barn every day, or I? I, I well, Doug, just... Doug is out in California, so I don't certainly I don't have that. But Hot Rod Charlie is based in in Kentucky, but uh, he's at at Keeneland. But we're going to have to wait for a definitive conclusion from the stewards. They are looking into it. As I said, the the photographic evidence uh, seems to suggest, uh, in looking at it, that his shoe looks a little different than what you would expect. Um, Doug O'Neill's statement was that he felt like it could have been a optical illusion. You may recall that there was that was the case uh, years ago with the Funny Side Derby photo drama, if you recall that one. Um, so, but the people are going to be looking into it. Naturally, it's someone's job as well in the regulatory field to make sure that the horses are all properly shod. So if he didn't wear the proper shoes, someone likely missed it. Or if maybe he wore the proper shoes and, uh, the, the photographs, um, don't bear out what some people think they bear out. So we shall see and see what the stewards come up with. All right. All right. Um, uh, well, Byron, I uh, hope to see you over the, over the days ahead. Um, we're getting right out of the box here on, uh, 
Friday with the uh, Alcibiades, and I'm probably mispronouncing that. You say tomato, I'll say tomato. Uh, it's a race that Kenny McPeak's no uh, stranger at. And uh, but uh, Chad Brown's making himself be known on the uh, the Keeneland circuit these days, and he's coming in with a, a six to one shot that I like in here by the name of Raging Sea. Uh, I really think that th- this horse, if you go back and look at the replay, uh, it, it came out of a ten horse field uh, at Saratoga, going seven furlongs, and it looked like this uh, daughter of Curlin wanted to run all day. So I'm not known for giving price horses out, so I wanted to get that out of the way. In the meanwhile, there's some other interesting horses in here. Uh, I, I really, I'd have a hard time making the line on this race. You ain't kidding. It's a tough, tough field, isn't it? And you know, it's overflowing, and so, for that matter, is the Breeders' Futurity, which isn't altogether surprising in the sense that both these two races are great ones that lead into the Breeders' Cup, and they give people a start over the track at the mile and a sixteenth distance in which they're going to run. So, if you were wanting to try to give your horse the perfect prep race, isn't that what you would pick? So clearly, a lot of people have the the same idea. Some of the other alternatives, in fact, Raging Sea, the horse you mentioned, John, she was entered in the Champagne this past week. And uh, sorry, I said Champagne, Champagne, Frisette. Frisette. Champagne is the the two-year-old male race. But she was in the Frisette, and Brown scratched her and pointing for this. So he clearly is kind of pointing to thinking that she's going to be better going longer than a mile, going two turns. And her pedigree says that, too. Uh, she, yeah. as you mentioned, is by Curlin. She is out of an unraced storm mare called Stormy Welcome. What's kind of interesting about her, she comes from a really nice family. So Raging Sea's um, second dam is the grade three winning Welcome Surprise, a half-sister to Summer Squall and AP yeah. Indy, two horses that won you know, races on the Triple Crown Trail. So clearly this and, horse has some bloodlines for success in high achieving over a route. And I saw this horse's third dam weekend surprise win, believe it or not, at River Downs. Wow. Yeah. At River Downs. Wow. There you go. Nifty. Yeah. I remember well, back. Now, who who trained her? Do you remember? Was it Neil Howard or somebody different? Um, it it might have been Neil Howard, and I believe Randy Romero rode the horse. Uh, they, he didn't ride many <laughs> races up at River Downs, I could tell you. I remember him sitting there all day, and they were so happy, the people in concessions when he showed up. Because, man, he, he I guess he went over to the clubhouse, had like two, three stakes for the race. So, and they were happy. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Well, it's, uh, I'm not kidding. Actually, uh, looking it up, it was Del Carroll was a trainer of, ah. of um, that horse for Mr. Farish and Kilroy, who, of course, Neil Howard, who I had mentioned, would later become uh, one of the main trainers uh, for them. But uh, River Downs, you say, huh? Do you, uh, do you know where uh, Neil Howard won his first race? No. The same track where Kenny McPeak won his first race. Which would be? Kingland? Uh, I don't know. Where? River River Downs. River Downs. But yeah, I should, well, what, am I, what am I doing questioning? Why, uh, my answer should always be River Downs. I forget who I'm chatting <laughs> with. 
<laughs> yeah, you and don't want the, me to get into the Steve yeah, Coffin. The man who ran publicity there for a while. <laughs> you know, you could tell me where the Secretariat uh, win the Belmont Stakes, and I'm going to answer River Downs from here on out. <laughs> Yeah, but he, he worked out his race before that. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> where did the secretary stop we're talking on his about way to the, the Belmont? That river down. Yeah, we're talking about the third dam of Raging Sea, Raging Sea. But nonetheless, folks, in the Darcy Alcibiades, it's a race where if you got a hunch, bet a bunch, because any one of these horses could jump up. And the other thing, and we're going to see the same thing when we talk about the Claiborne Breeders Futurity, is now we're asking them to add something new to the resume. They're going to go around two turns, and they're going to stretch out to a mile and a sixteenth, which, again, gives uh, importance to the topic you chose to pick for Raging Sea in that who has the stamina, who has the pedigree. And that female family, as I just stated, I'm very familiar with it, um, is just sensational in racing. I mean, let's face it, there's not that many Stormcat mares left out there, but that's just Raging Sea. Uh, Byron King, was there? Uh, what, what other fillies kind of maybe drew your eye, shall I say, in, the, in this before we get on to the the companion race, the Breeders' Futurity. Well, you have the horses that were second and third, respectively, in the spinaway. They're kind of the battle-tested ones, and that would be Wonder Wheel and Colling. And, but the question mark for them is distance. How are they going to handle it? Wonder Wheel is by Into Mischief, who is just a exceptional sire, right? And he gets some horses that route, but he gets some, too, as well, that are more sprinter types, think the Kofefis of the world, those types. They tend to be a little more precocious than, say, a, um, uh, a daughter of Curlin. So Wonder Wheel, though, is very well drawn in post one. So from there, she ought to be able to work out a good trip in a two-turn race. Um, and then Colling is drawn in post 10. Uh, she is a daughter of Practical Joke, who was uh, a son of Into Mischief, that was more of a miler type. She's out of an Indian Charlie mare. So some question marks for her pedigree-wise. Not quite, you know, when you look at Raging Sea, you just say, oh, this horse is just clearly made to be a router. With these other two, a little more uncertainty. But those looking for one that can go long, uh, fun and feisty, won the Pocahontas going away by three and a half lengths at the mile and a sixteenth distance at Churchill Downs just weeks ago for... Trainer Kenny McPeak, who, as you noted, has won this race five times. I know. I know. Unbelievable. He knows how to crank them up for certain races, and he does like getting his picture taken at Keeneland. Well, let's move on to the boys' race the following day, and it's the Claiborne Breeders' Futurity. And as Byron said, nobody's ducking this uh, field. As a matter of fact, there's two also eligibles, so they're going to be packed and stacked going to mile on the 16th. And, and as, as I already stated, uh, for, for the most part, it's horses that will be stretching out long for the first time. Time. And what's really struck me, just to add to this, you know, uh, uh, soup of question marks, is 10 of these horses, Byron, are coming into the Breeders' Futurity off winning efforts. 10 of them. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, you want to talk about tricky handicapping. It is tough. I mean, there's so many ways you could go here. I mean, just... You have horses like Forte. Forte won the Hopeful Stakes, right, which is a grade one. 
probably if you were to ask people right now, you know, who are the top two-year-olds in the country, if you were talking about one turn, right, you'd have Cave Rock out from California and you'd have Forte out from the east, right? So now the big question is, is how are they going to do going two turns? And for both of them, they race uh, going along this weekend. So we will soon find out. Now, Todd Pletcher had him and or penciled in, not entered. He never entered him, but um, penciled in for the champagne. He opted not to enter him and wait for this particular race. He would have been a very heavy favorite in the champagne, uh, but here he's three to one on the morning line. There's a lot of other uh, horses you could kind of give a look to. As you mentioned, so many of them coming off wins, including his stablemate, uh, Lost Ark, who is another son of violence, just like Forte. Now, Lost Ark is out of uh, the AP Indy mare, Marion Ravenwood. And if you recognize that name at all, it's because she is the dam of Nest, uh, you know, who's won three grade ones this year, the Ashland Stakes, couple up at Saratoga, second in the Kentucky Oaks, second in the Belmont Stakes. Lost Ark is a half-brother to her. There, there you go. And I'm sure if you went down the pedigrees of every one, there's a reason why uh, they have these amazing pedigrees. You got homebreds like uh, Red Root One, uh, who is uh, by ta- by gun runner out of a tappet mare. Uh, not too long ago, we saw a, a stakes horse with that same um, uh, line of pedigree. Uh, and uh, then also, let's not forget a guy that likes to win two-year-old races at Keeneland uh, by the name of Wesley Ward, uh, who has the two-year-old fant- fantastic, again, a uh, son of first crop sire, fantastic, who, as I recall, liked running long. So it, it, it's it's wide, wide open. Well, uh, Byron King, uh, the news editor of the Blood Horse, I, I, I'm going to say goodbye to you. I want to know, will you be there live and in person uh, this weekend? Oh, absolutely, my friend. I will be there tomorrow and Saturday, and I will look forward to seeing you because I already heard you telling Amy you were going to be there. So you can't act like you don't see me. You know, I'll I'll know that you're hiding. The reason I was asking was I have a special swag bag from Winning Ponies for being such a loyal guest. So I didn't want to walk around with this huge box all day. I I was also promised a cradle mug. Don't for let's not forget the middle uh, Miller like cradle stakes. I'm right. What track is that run at? It used to be run a beautiful river downs. Let's not get into that topic. It got me in trouble earlier this year. I'll share that story with you tomorrow. Meanwhile, my producer's Josh telling me I got to get out of here. Thanks to Byron. Thanks to Amy. And come on over to winningponies.com. Pull down the easy win forms. We had a humongous winner just earlier today. I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.